Are the Jazz back? Plus, Ramona Shelburne says Donovan Mitchell has the right stuff. That and more here on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm J.P. Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network. Presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS 3112, equal housing lender. Are the Jazz back? Much like, is Texas back? Something that you have to ask periodically, and especially in the middle of a COVID season. Four-game losing streak was last night's game against the Nuggets, the most important in Jazz history. If you have an opportunity to take out one of those teams with the MVP whose team itself is dealing with its own COVID wave, you definitely have to. I'm glad I'm recording this open to the podcast after hearing from Ramona Shelburne. She covers the Lakers closely, and that's actually a team at a nexus point. They are, in fact, a team in crisis. And so when I see the hubbub of last week with, what we're making and parsing out what happened in media availabilities, I truly don't see it as an episode of Yellow Jackets or Euphoria. It is much less dramatic than that. But I can also see how it can be made out towards being that. Because just listen, listen to the words. Listen to the words that they were saying last week. It's just about building habits. Uh, you know, and when I watch some of these other teams, like the, the, the Suns, uh, you know, the Warriors, for example, uh, th- those guys, I think, are a step ahead of us in, ter- in terms of winning habits. You know, uh, I feel like they take every game personally, and they, 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 they you know, you can tell uh, Devin Booker is, is playing his ass off defensively. I, I've been watching like him compared to like two years ago, and. You know, guys like that, you know, they buy in and they, you can tell that they take pride in, you know, playing defense, stopping the man, doing whatever they can defensively um, to, to, to stop the other team and, and you know, and, and be part of a, of a winning, you know, culture. And I just think we're not there yet. I think we're going to get there, you know, but I, I think, you know, those stretches going to where, where it really stinks and it hurts, uh, you know, I think going to help us realize that and, and try to build those habits. You know, if we want to be a championship team, um, you know, I think it was the perfect thing that could happen to our team. All as a group, you know, find ways to hold each other accountable. Um, this, that's just his way about it, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I'm not really concerned about it. You know, at the end of the day, we got to all find ways to get better. Um, that's really it. You know, we all have individual ways of doing it, and his just happens to be this way. So. Now, on both sides, it's a bunch of accountability theater trying to figure out what's happening on a team that's struggling. Jordan Clarkson said it earlier this year after they had lost to the Pelicans and then the back-to-back win that they had in November, losing is darkness. It feels terrible for this team. It gets you running to start reading Philip Roth poetry. Losing is is not what this franchise is used to. Not what this club has done over the last couple years. When they get the first overall seed last year, they didn't have a point in this season where they had lost four games straight. It had been a while. So that's when the microscopes start coming out and you're parsing and you're nitpicking. Ultimately, and this comes from last week, 
middle of a COVID season when there's a moment where you're playing without any centers, a 10-day contract guy is getting rotation minutes, the team's not playing the way that it was intended. This is a special year where that can happen, and it's difficult to go through. Sometimes you have to go through it. And to say that the Jazz aren't playing sometimes with those winning habits, look at the standings. It looks pretty accurate. There were problems, especially heading out of that Detroit game. There weren't seismic, ruin-your-day type of deals to happen coming out of it. team wasn't whole. And then finally, once they get whole, they play the Nuggets, and they put it on them. Denver right now is the best-case scenario for the Jazz if they end up in a playoff series with them. That team's wounded. And you saw exactly what Denver has in their bench units. And it's not much. It's a lot of Bones Highland. And Bones, he hit six threes against the Lakers the night before, didn't have it the second night. But that's about it. Rudy against second units and bench lineups with Mike Conley in between quarters dominates. That's why last night he was a plus 36. Every single regular rotation player on Denver was like a minus 27 and above. And that's the difference. That team doesn't have as much horses. They don't have the depth. And it gets righted. This came from our, our stats and information group with Jazz. Consider this. In January, they used five different starting lineups. And all before the new year, Jazz had just used that same number of different starting lineups prior to New Year's Day. They didn't have a lot of continuity during this month. That's why the results were varied and questionable. But that doesn't erase the problems, doesn't erase the cracks, doesn't erase the fact that it's still that perimeter defense that needs to be questioned and improved. It just doesn't mean that it is all hands on deck, start pushing the panic button. Just not going to go there. But ultimately, win last night, and now that pressure cooker gets a little bit lessened. There's always room for the chill wagon to get it started. I didn't think that we were at that point yet. Might have to break it out later this season. But if you get too worked up, you can always resort back to that. Chill wagon. It's always available. Podcast brought to you by Fanatics. For authentic Utah Jazz player gear, including jerseys, shorts, warm-ups, and more, visit fanatics.com slash used. That's fanatics.com slash used. Five stars, nice views, that's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. Ramona Shelburne, ESPN, NBA Today, based in Los Angeles, national NBA. I want to get her sense on the Lakers because that team's undercovered and the Jazz play them twice heading into the All-Star break. So what type of team are they? Where are they going? What's their identity? Some of the answers to these questions will not surprise you and will leave you concerned about how much oxygen they get. But what's going wrong? What's up at the Western Conference? We talk it all. Mona Shelburne. Thank her on Twitter. And please enjoy. The Lakers are well past the halfway mark and well past the point they thought they would have figured things out already with um, a relatively new cast. I mean, it's, you know, they only had five returners from last year and uh, they totally reinvented themselves with the trade for Russell Westbrook. There was always an expectation that it would take some time to figure things out. 
but uh, we're well past that point. And um, they really haven't done much of anything this year yet. <laughs> like you've seen some glimpses, you've seen some things that work, but between COVID and injuries and just overall um, disconnected, uninspired play, they're just hovering right around 500. And, um, you know, right now, if the, if the season ended today, they'd be lucky to be in the play on play in tournament. What was it about Saturday against the Nuggets to have Magic start tweeting and for LeBron to have a, a follow-up tweet the next day? What caused that to put this team to where they're at? I mean, it was just an inexcusable game. Like, there's one, it's one thing to lose a game. It's another thing to lose the way the Lakers lost to the Nuggets the other day. And I thought the lack of effort um, in that game was, was hard to watch. I would call it probably their worst game of the year. Um, you know, they're certainly not the only team that's gone into Denver and had kind of a off night. That's a tough place to play or at altitude, the travel we've heard about all that. I'm not buying it. There was just no effort there. I mean, they, they look like they want to go home and watch NFL games or something like where I, you know, for a team that is, I can understand if you're like a good team and you've been playing really well and you have an off night, you don't bring it. But if you're a team that's like fighting and scratching and clawing to maintain your hold on you know, a playoff position, it's inexcusable to play as poorly as they did. And it wasn't just like they missed shots or anything like that. They just, they really just didn't have any effort. And, um, you know, everybody called it out post game to the point where LeBron didn't even talk to the media. I will say this about magic though. Magic likes to tweet magic is a, is a Laker fan. He gets frustrated with the team, just like any fan would. Um, it's fine. It's just, I, I had to chuckle myself because, I mean, this is a guy who literally quit on the team, <laughs> like literally was the team president and quit one day. So it's like kind of weird for him to be the one, you know, talking about effort, and, you know, all that. And, oh, you let Jeannie Buss, you deserve better. I'm like, pot kettle black. Like, I mean, Jeannie Buss, you deserve better. Like, I was like, wow. He didn't tell really Jeannie Buss. He didn't he tell did. Jeannie Buss. He didn't yeah. even tell her at twice. Not even yeah. tell her before he stepped down. But then also after she said, is there anything there I need to know? Uh, and then he just went and ripped Rob Polink on first take. I mean, that's just like we're going back through Laker history. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Did we all just forget about that whole part? Uh, but uh, I did notice the one thing, you know, LeBron had that tweet and I thought it was a good tweet. And I also want to point out, like, LeBron didn't reply to magic. Right. LeBron was talking to the fans. LeBron said Laker Nation. And uh, I thought that was important, too, because if, if we're going to go back into Laker history, like, as we remember, Magic was the one who recruited LeBron to LA and left without telling LeBron either. <laughs> so, um, you know, like there's a lot, there's always a lot as, as when we talk about the Lakers, right? There's always a lot of politics and, and history that gets involved here. Magic was expressing a frustration that I think anybody who roots for the Lakers probably felt after that game. Um, and especially after the season, my favorite thing to do is watch the Laker broadcast on their on their on Spectrum Cable, which is their uh, their network here in here in Los Angeles, and like the post game show with James Worthy and Robert Ory, Derek Fisher. Like, oh man, those guys do not like they do not go easy on him. Like, I mean, just the disgust, the honesty, the bluntness. It's a, it's like must see TV. Like, it's well, really fun every night. It is. I caught a. Uh last games on uh, YouTube just to, yeah. you know, get a little yeah, temperature of what's in, going yeah. on there and fish and, and worthy are, are going back and forth. Woo! They can't find an identity for this team. And that's yeah. what I, I find so strange about the Lakers is that we're halfway through the season. 
they don't have an identity yet. Yeah, they don't. Well, and some of that I'll give them a break on, which is it's a new know, team. It's a new team, and LeBron was out for a lot. Anthony Davis has been out for a while. Boy, he can't get back fast enough. Um, he's supposed to come back on this road trip they have coming up. But uh, I mean, they they had to go. They finally found something when they started playing small lineups with Braun at center. I mean, it's like Braun at center. Get ready for that. You know, he, I guess in the modern NBA, he's pretty big. Like he, he can hang there. I don't know how he can hang with Rudy Gobert or Jokic, but um, they'll play Dwight Howard if, when they play real centers. You know, like like traditional centers. But uh, Dwight will be out there. But uh, they were finding something with Dwight. It's just. When the Lakers won when, in 2020, their identity was on the defensive end. And then you had this great pick and roll game with LeBron and AD and you had, they played really well off of each other. You got just enough shooting from Caruso and even Rondo at the time, um, you know, and, and some other guys, but like they, uh, their identity was on the defensive end. And this year they started showing signs of that, but I thought they, um, they've just really lost the thread lately. And it's, you know, it's one thing to lose it when you don't have, a system or like you're learning the system or maybe you don't have great defensive players, but, but the lack of effort in that game was rough, really rough. And it was kind of, frankly, it was hard to watch, right? Like I was watching football and the football game sucked and the Laker game sucked. <laughs> and I was like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> like I mean, maybe it's time to go binge watch something on Netflix. Like it was just uh, like, it was, it was, they're tough to watch some nights. And, and especially when the lack of effort is out there, it's like, just as somebody covers the NBA, like, I certainly watch all the teams and um, I know when, you know, you can tell when a team is bringing it and not bringing it. And like, I was like, did they have a game the night before? I mean, what's, what's happening? Is this the second night of a back-to-back? Like this is, this is very weird. Now let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jets. It being Monday, Jazz Lakers, I mean, yeah, many people will be listening to this after the fact, but what are the stakes sure. for this Lakers team heading into this game before that big Grammys road trip that they've got? Yeah. Well, you have to remember the Lakers had one of the easiest schedules in the league to start yeah. off the season with. So now things get hard. <laughs> and this road trip is going to be no no picnic. So, I mean, they're, you know, you, they're, they're barely over 500 with one of the easiest schedules in the league. Mm-hmm. It's only getting harder from here. And I, you know, I keep wondering like, okay, maybe they'll play up to the competition when they play better teams. Hasn't happened so far. So I just, I don't know where they go, but LeBron James is having an unbelievable season at the age of 37. Every time I watch them, I'm just like, are you really going to waste this year from LeBron? Are you really going to waste one of his last best seasons? I don't know. It feels like it right now, but I also don't think, I mean, they, they, he's not a patient man. They kind of have to be because they don't have much moves they can make. But it's reminding me of that year in Cleveland when they tried something, it wasn't working. They just traded half the team or released half the team. So, I don't, you know, it just feels like something dramatic has to happen pretty soon because it's they're going nowhere fast. 
with the Jazz coming in, what is the national perception of this team after they went through their skid without Rudy Gobert? Rudy's back. Yeah. How does that change? Um, you know, I picked the Jazz preseason to be in the Western Conference Finals. Unfortunately, I also picked the Lakers, so I don't know how good of a picker I am. <laughs> like, um, but, uh, you know, look, the Jazz to me are a great team who know how to play together. I think having lost the way they did last year to the Clippers, um, I remember covering that series. You could just see the hurt on their faces and the frustration. I'll never forget Donovan Mitchell during that series. Like you can tell he was hurt. He was playing through some stuff. And it was like, I just feel like sometimes like you need to lose like that in order to win. And it reminded me a little of the Raptors from a few years ago, but like they just had heartbreaking, heartbreaking loss after heartbreaking loss in the playoffs. And to the point where it was like, just frustrating. Like it was just, Oh, what are we even doing here? And then they went out and got Kawhi and they, and they won the next year, but all that, all that playoff disappointment, like that, that builds character. So I, I'm pretty high on the jazz just in terms like, I think in this league, consistency wins, having a system, having a culture and identity, they certainly have that. They just need to be healthy at the right time and they need to play, play hard at the right time. They also have this like chip on their shoulder. Cause I don't think they get a lot of respect nationally. Um, you know, there's this sense that they're a regular season team. Um, just because they have one in the playoffs, like much like Toronto was a few years ago. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I have a little more faith in Donovan than people, um, than people, than other people might. Like, I, I think that guy's got the right stuff inside. Like he, I think he's ready to, to kind of take that leap forward. Cause I've seen it. Um, and I know he wants to, and he's got Dwayne there with him and he, he just really wants to be an all-time great and not just a, a great player. What is it about, these teams where it takes, you know, that little bit of, of playoff adversity. I, I'd even go to the Bucks for the way that they yeah. played last yeah, year with all their, all sure. their playoff struggles. And even during the regular season where it seems at times that they aren't going for that number one seed, similar to the Jazz in this year where, where they have their little lulls. What is it about this league where you have to go through that adversity before you can finally break through? I mean, I think it's in any sport. Like I just think like Sunheim's, you got to learn to believe in yourself, but, and, and I've seen a few teams make it their first year together. Like I remember the Lakers after they trade for Pau Gasol and Andrew Bryan, and they made it to the finals that first year, but that's rare. It's really rare for a team to come together the first year and, um, and really have success right away and win it all right away. I think it just, you have to lose before you can win. You have to know what it's like and have feel that hurt um, to really know what it takes and to know all the things that it takes. And so, you know, I've, like, I don't know what it is about the jazz, but I, I, I think it's about the strength of your leaders. Um, they got a pretty damn good leader, Donovan there. Where do you have them in the contenders tier? Cause obviously there's been a little bit of, of separation yeah. at the top in the West with golden state Phoenix sure. and the Grizzlies obviously ascendant right now. You know what? I initially, I thought people were calling it too early for the Lakers and the nets. I, I was like, well, those are the two most talented teams. Well, let's see how the season goes. I think people wrote off the Bucks way too fast. Um, and uh, I mean, it's the defending champs, right? Like they deserve some, some credit. And then Phoenix, Phoenix is not a surprise, but they really, they really impressed people with just the way they last year was not a fluke for them. Um, I thought they've gotten better this year, even. And I think that adversity has sort of hardened them as well. Golden state, I buy it, but they're just, they're, they're banged up right now. Draymond and Steph are out. Steph will be back soon, but. Um, they're not the same team without Draymond and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks at least with that calf injury, which is, it's really a back injury. Um, and so I don't know there to me, the Warriors depend on health 
of their of their big three and, and Draymond especially because he's so key for them offensively and defensively. Uh, I really like the Grizzlies. I think I was talking to somebody the other day um, and they were like, they're the best team in the league. Grizzlies are the best team in the league. I'm really saying that. And I'm like, I, you know what? I cannot argue with you. They're so deep. They're so talented. Um, like, I mean, when I say deep, I mean, they have, they'll lose a couple of rotation guys and not miss a beat because they're so damn deep and not just deep. Like, oh, they have quality players, like guys who can play and they, they, they're long, athletic, young, smart, savvy, hungry. Like that's what you want. Um, so I, you know, I think the Jazz are right in that that group of six or so. So I'd go, I'd go Suns, Warriors. I'll still put the Bucks there. I'll still put mm-hmm. the I'll still put the I'll put the Grizzlies there. Jazz, um, and uh, we got to put the Nets there. Although it wasn't great that Kevin Durant got hurt, but you know, five or six teams, top five or six, any one of those can win. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I kept trying to keep the Lakers there because I have. I've always covered LeBron for so long, and I'm like, I'll never count LeBron out, but oof, it's hard right now. <laughs> to I feel like much. that noise it totally encapsulates what we've seen. Well, uh, I have to watch them every game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get to watch a team that plays beautiful basketball. I have to watch a team that's like ISO, stand in the corner, brick, 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 you know, bad defense. <laughs> it's kind of hard to watch. It's not beautiful basketball. Well, and the other option hasn't been great either with the Clippers. It used True. to be Battle for L.A. was awesome appointment viewing. Yeah. Now it's, it's like a gap year for the Clippers. I mean, yeah, yeah. Paul George is hurt. I don't know if he's going to come back. Kawhi's out. There was some sense that he might come back, but I don't know why he would. His team can't score. Um, they, they, they gave it a shot for a while there, but they just don't have the, they don't have the horses this year if Paul's going to be out like this. You brought up how great uh, Memphis is playing. Clearly, Jazz fans know from that first-round series where Jaw was just tremendous. Where would you put that now? Who wins that series and why? That's close. I I think it's a tougher series, definitely, than they they won in five last year. I'll I'll roll with the Jazz for now out of respect. Out of respect for their their history and their their stars and their leaders. But I'm telling you, the Grizzlies are coming, man. That team's going to be good for a long time. And and they're really good. And I don't even think Jaw is like... I don't even think Jaws what Jaws going to be. He's going to be a superstar in this league. And I like the way the trade that they made in the offseason, Valanciunas for Adams, because it it gives more touches to Jaw in that Adams is so so low profile that he he'll deal with lobs, he'll deal with mm-hmm. with just being a dunker, and it gives more opportunity for Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain to get things going. And Bain has been awesome for them this year. Bain has been a revelation. I mean, we didn't even talk. I thought Dylan Brooks was going to be the guy this year. Right. I was like, okay, right. Right. Dylan Brooks, like you know, um, perfect and then he villain. Was hurt for a lot of it. Yeah, he was hurt for a lot of it, and and hurt again now. And it's just like, oh, here comes Desmond Bain, you know, like, and it, it just must kill Celtics fans every time when you talk about Desmond Bain because that was their pick, right? And they try, you know, like a lot of the Celtics picks have not panned out, and they could really use a guy like that. But um, I don't know, like, I think, I think, I don't know, that trade felt more financial to me than uh, than anything. But um, they certainly do have a lot more flexibility now, and I think that um, you know, Triple J. Like it's just a Memphis to me is a great example. If you know what you're doing in the front office, Zach Kleiman and those guys know what they're doing and you have an ownership group that gives you time to build it. Right. I mean, I just remember when they did their coaching search and it was like the weirdest coaching search. Right. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's like 
took forever. They interviewed a million people. I think they had a non-traditional structure once. They were going to do like co-head coaches with Taylor and lead and some other, I don't want to say who else was the other finalist, but um, I mean, it was just a strange search. And it, remember they took forever. Like it, yeah. it wasn't, they were in absolutely no hurry. And when you have like an ownership group that lets you do that, lets you run through that kind of deliberate process unless you have that vision, that's really, that's really important. Um, and then they just done an excellent job drafting. Excellent job. I mean, just find after find after find. End of the first round, second round guys. Like, and we, you know, look, it helps when you get John Moran at two and Triple J at, what, what was he, three or four, something like that. Yep. Um, but then they get Brandon Clark in the middle of the first round, in the middle of the lottery, right? And they get, you know, Bain at the end of the first round. And they get, you know, it's just Dylan Brooks, I think, is second round. Is that right? Yeah, second round. Second rounder. Um, at Oregon. It's just, you know, to find those guys. I mean, do you remember, do you remember a couple of years ago when there was like that trade and it was like Marshawn Brooks versus Dylan Brooks? And the a different like, Brooks. No, no, yeah. Was, yeah. Wrong Brooks. They got the wrong Brooks. And nobody knew the difference because like Dylan Brooks was just a guy, you know, like at the time it was a young guy. And they were like, no, no, they're really high on Dylan Brooks. And we're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like they know what they're doing there. Like they, I mean, I just think it's, uh, but they had time and space and latitude to build that the right way and with their vision. And not everybody gets that, you know, in this, in this league. I know plenty of talented people who, you know, they don't get four years to build things. They don't get five I, I, years, whatever. I mean, it's. I love the way Taylor Jenkins coaches yeah. with the let it fly attitude because they yep. do need to let it fly. And, and with those young guys, instilling that confidence yeah. to shoot those shots when they've mm-hmm. got them open. It's very much what Quinn has done in yep. the early development of here. Yeah. And I think they've done a nice job of like developing the young kids together so they can grow together in a system, which is a lot like what the jazz did. Um, reminds me a little of Oklahoma city back in the day, although not quite a star heavy, right. As, as the KD Harden Russ Russ years, but they, but they really tried to develop core that grew up are all about the same age. And they, and then they have like the right kinds of veterans around, um, to, to help, you know, be the, the veteran voices and all that. But when you, you know, they, they have a type that they like to draft and they know what they're, they, they find them wherever they are in the draft. And it's, it's like, it's really, you know, you look at all these teams that are always in the lottery and just can never get it right. And then you look at Memphis and it's like, how long was that in between eras? Not long. Yep. You know, Mike Conley just got traded a couple years ago. You know, Zebo was, he was there just a minute ago really wasn't that long that they were a great grind and like they had a couple years where they bought them out and that's it. Boom. Right back up. And it wasn't through big trades. It wasn't through free agency. It was just through drafting and developing. Well, show you would turn on if the Laker game's bad and, and football's bad as well. What is the show that you're watching? Uh, I tend to like all the Bravo shows. Oh, so let's like go. Real housewives of Salt Lake city. Yeah. Real housewives. I like, uh, I like below deck. That's my jam. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I watched the new Sex in the City. Uh, what else I watch? I mean, we we binge watch Cobra Kai. That was over fast. So, mm. um, but uh, yeah, I like. I'm a Bravo girl. I like Andy Cohen. Like, I want to get on the on the late night clubhouse one time. That'd be a dream well, then, gig. Where do you rate the Salt Lake City edition of Real Housewives? Oh, they're good. They're good. I mean, look, I'm kind of an OG. Like, I like OC in Atlanta the best. Yeah. But I think Salt Lake's right up there. You know, they've yeah. been good. And yeah. Jenny's Beverly a star. Hills. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, it's also kind of big, like, you know, the, I mean, there, there's some, there's some other random ones that have come out over the years, like real housewife Potomac. I'm like, where, 
Potomac, like pick a city. Like that's just a region. Like what are we yeah. doing here? You know? Um, but yeah, that was good. Salt Lake. What else did they do? I haven't watched all the other ones. I just kind of catch little snippets, you know, but um, of the, of all the other ones. Cause if I'm not in, and the first, if the first episode, it's just too much time commitment. Um, right. I got, I mean, so I got many. too many below decks to watch and, you know, <laughs> top chef, <laughs> where's all those. Yeah. Well, and and I just got into Ozark as of recently. Oh uh, yeah. Try and get back in on season four, which is coming out on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Ozark's good. I, you know what? I I watched season one. I think I watched some of season two, and I couldn't keep up with it. Like it wasn't bad. It just like I, if I fall off a show, I fall out. Like and then all right. of a sudden, maybe later I'll come back to it. I, I've been kind of watching Narcos Mexico lately. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Narcos Mexico is a really good show. But that's also not like I got to watch that right away. It's not like I, I don't have I know. to binge yeah. it. Yeah, I can watch that anytime. I'm also taking a weird approach with Ozark because I talked to people who watch it and they said, yeah, I just sat in my house for eight hours and, and just went through it an yeah. entire season. Yeah, I, yeah. doling it out a little bit. I'm a toddler. I, I, I can't do it. I, I yeah. got a couple. I got like one or two shows a night and that's it. Yeah, I, I don't have the stamina for that. Yeah. Um, hopefully you have the stamina for the rest of the NBA season. Rona Shelburne, ESPN. Thanks. Thank you.